Welcome to the Seat 14 Podcast, a different perspective on college basketball told by those who lived it. Join us as we bring you insider views, analysis, breakdowns, and predictions from one of the most storied programs in the country, from someone who saw it all from the end of the bench, the 14th seat. In association with the Field of 68 and alongside producer Jordan Barber, I'm your host, Todd Lanter, and this is Seat 14. Welcome into the second episode of the Seat 14 podcast, presented by the Field of 68 and powered by Bet River Sportsbook and Budweiser King of Beers. Today is Thursday, November 11th, and man, I could use one of those King of Beers Budweisers right now after that loss last night up in Madison Square Garden. Jordan joins me early on here today on this. We're actually recording this on Wednesday evening, getting a little late start yeah. because... Uh, uh, Tuesday night, late, late Tuesday night game um, up in New York uh, last night that we had to to push the recording to to this evening to be ready for the drop tomorrow morning. So yeah, it was fun though. Uh, it was fun. It was a late night. It was a long night analyzing and uh, breaking things down and um, talking with Tyler Eulis, who's going to join us uh, later in the show today. The legend. Uh, the legend. Yeah. Hey, you have some opinions on Tyler. Actually, he's he's he he stabbed you in the heart. I a little love bit. I love Tyler obviously because yeah. of everything he's done at UK. But as a Celtics fan, I asked him off air. I was like, "Man, what's your deal with the Celtics, bro? Every time you come around, something bad happens to my boys. Whether it's him hitting that massive game winner in the regular season in like 2017, or next." I guess it was the next year he was he was heavily in that rotation when D book dropped seventy one on us. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I had to I had to confront him about about what the bad blood is between them. I remember Boston. watching that game live and I remember him playing, but I didn't remember you you just told me he had thirty he played thirty four minutes yeah, in that game. He was really with, in that rotation. Was, uh, I don't know how many of those seventy one points he assisted on, but uh, Tyler's ability to change the game and the dynamic of the game is is pretty impressive, obviously mm-hmm. considering his size, um, but his decision making and his speed and um, his ability to just read yeah. offenses and defenses is, uh, is is pretty remarkable. A little so. bit like someone we have on the roster this year. Yeah, yeah, he's doing very well. So uh, we we want to get into yeah, uh, we're will. gonna do what we'll get into it. You want to go ahead and dive into it a little bit now? Let's do it. Why not? Yeah, I mean, so it okay. A loss is a loss. It sucks to lose to Duke. I will go to my grave saying this. There is a such thing as a good loss. <laughs> and I think that was a good loss. I know you disagreed with me earlier today when I mentioned that. I think it was a good loss. So I, I know your point and I know what you're trying to say when you say that. And there's a lot that can come from this. A lot we can learn. A lot we can gain. Um, you know, I want to talk to Tyler a little bit about, um, it, it, you know, does losing that first game, not necessarily the first game, but an early on game, a tough one against a good team. Does it kind of yeah. take that like, oh, they're going to be forty and oh, like you know, pressure off your shoulders? Um, the years that we were there, or the year Tyler was a freshman, the twenty fifteen year, um, we didn't really feel that pressure a lot. Like we kind of tuned out the media for the most part. Um, but you know, a lot of these guys they they, they get the weight of the world on them, mm-hmm. um, and so that that first game, there's a lot of pressure. And some yeah. people, you know, makes diamonds or you know, 
you know the saying. Yeah. NMSG um, too. It's a huge. It's yeah, a huge there's, stage. I mean, yeah, there's. It's a huge stage. You got you know guys you look up to on the sidelines. Literally, um, so many. Like there were so many yeah. all stars there. Yeah. So it's a um, it's a it's a wild experience, but it's it's not a make or break of the season. There's a lot of building points. So I don't want to. I'm not the kind of guy that says you know there's a good loss. I just I you don't want to lose. You want to go out and be competitive. Yeah. Um, especially from two teams that were as poor as Duke and Kentucky were last year. Yeah. They're both pretty much new teams. They both have the best coaches in the country. They both have are going to recruit great talent. Both of them have even some transfers that, that are, are tremendous talents this year and aren't just completely young. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of dangerous guys on that floor. Duke's got – Duke had – the best and maybe the two best players yeah, out there, definitely. especially in, at the game, given, given the way they played that game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ty Ty going to end up having a great career. Oscar's have going to have a great career. we got a couple guys that are going to do really well, but uh, two, two of their guys in particular are, are monsters yeah. and, and Keels and Paolo. Yeah. And very further advanced um, than they, than you would expect, uh, yeah. you know, in early November. So and we're going to get into why that is later on. Absolutely. We'll do a little bit, a little bit deeper of a dive, but, um, more on, you know, our guest that's going to come on here yeah. has, you know, a pretty cool, unique perspective. Um, and we're going to try, like we said in uh, episode one and kind of the way that this show is going to be designed is to give that unique perspective. Uh, that's the whole reason that I'm on here. Cause it's, a, it's, you know, I'm not yeah. the most knowledgeable guy with basketball, um, most people aren't going to care what I have to say or my opinions on things, but it's about the perspective. So, um, you know, I look at things a certain way. Tyler's going to look at them, um, you know, a different way through a different lens. Um, and he's got an unbelievable eye for the game and unbelievable ability to analyze it and to, you know, play it. He's a, he's a professional. I mean, he's a professional basketball player. So Absolutely. Um, hearing him talk about the, you know, what he's able to see, um, the potential of some of these guys and, and the things that they're going through, the experiences that he's dealt with, um, is, you know, is a really cool thing that we're going to get an opportunity to hear from. Um, and you were talking, you know, besides, you know, AP and, and Aaron and Marcus Lee, a lot of those guys that aren't massive yeah, NBA, uh, NBA all-star all-stars. level caliber that still get unbelievable love from the community here. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we were downtown at Lex live last night across the street from Rep Arena doing a radio show. Um, Tyler's in there, you know, the love that he's, he gets from the fan base and, uh, and, and those, you know, he's not the most recognizable person because right. he's not like seven five, feet eight. tall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's really cool that people take it, you know, they, they see him and they're like, Oh, that's Tyler. And they come mm-hmm. over and they talk and he's, he always surprises everybody at how genuine and, 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 uh, you know, able to have a conversation he has with people, um, just because he goes out of his way to make everybody feel important. Yeah. He's a great dude. And, you know, I'd say there is no player, Perhaps no player more like adored in Lexington than Tyler Eulis specifically. He's, he, yeah, he's he's he was point god for a while. That's right, he was point god for a while. So uh, yeah, well, um, we're gonna we're gonna dive into things with him. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. And Tyler will join us here on seat fourteen. Let me take a second to tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. What sets them apart, though, is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-G-A-M-B-L-E-R. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the Seat 14 Podcast. I'm joined now with a former teammate of mine and professional basketballer, Tyler Eulis. Welcome, Tyler. What's up, man? What's up, man? What's going on? Not much. Appreciate having you in town, man. It's been a blast so far. Um, Tyler's going to stick around for a couple days, check the cats out at Rupp Arena on Friday against Robert Morris, who holds a special place in my heart. Um, but let's get into the game real quick from this weekend. Um, you know, Champions Classic is always a fun uh, way to kick off the college basketball season is for the best coaches, for the best blue blood, t- blue blood teams in the country. Excuse me. Um, it's, you know, it's always highly touted and everybody kind of overanalyzes this and like tries to predict what the season could look like after these four teams, whether they win or lose. Um, but it's always been a fun way to kick it off. I think for us, it was special. Um, we'd already gotten a little bit in your freshman year. I guess I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But your freshman year, my senior year, we got a little bit of camaraderie ahead of the season because we got to do the Bahamas trip and things like that. So we got a little bit um, you know, of games, for lack of a better word, under our belt before we went into that game. But tell us a little bit what it's like to kind of get thrown feet to the fire um, on a stage that big. Is it really as big of a deal as people make it? Um, I feel like, yeah, for the players, it's a big deal. I mean, college basketball is something you've always wanted to do, be on those stages. And when you get out there, you want to win. You want to play the best game you can possibly play. Sometimes it doesn't go like that. And, uh, you know, you just want to keep forward, keep pushing, and, you know, just do the work that you need. Yeah. So, um, I mean – Kentucky lost, obviously. Spoiler alert, if you didn't watch the game, Kentucky lost. But we didn't play that bad. Uh, Some of the guys underperformed. um, You know, most of the highly touted freshmen that everybody was looking forward to seeing kind of underperformed. But in my opinion, having seen it and having been through it, and, and, you know, we're going to get Tyler's opinion on this too, but that's expected to a certain extent. Sometimes it doesn't mean quite as much as it seems like it's going to. you got – current NBA guys sitting courtside, you're playing in Madison Square Garden, you're on national television. Sometimes guys are going to come out and show out and not be able to perform at that elite level the rest of the year. Other times you're going to have guys come out and have a little bit of cold feet. They're trying to get on, get their legs under them. Um, it kind of sucks the air out of you in that environment. Um, so how do you think that the freshmen can recover from a loss like this? You know, how going into practice this week, do you think Cal's attitude is going to be, um, you know, a little bit too much like you know you, they have to rise to the occasion right um i feel like cal he's not gonna you know linger too much on this because he's been here before uh the players are young they have a nice group of guys i feel like for the most part they play hard you know they yeah. have everything on the floor it's not like they just came and washed the floor mm-hmm. with us you know they fought they didn't make a lot of shots uh their two freshmen came and th- they were ready to play so you mm-hmm. know i feel like we're just gonna move forward you know yeah. they're not gonna stick on this game too much it's the first game of the season you know there's meaning to come yeah it wasn't like the 2018 game where they wiped the floor with us up in uh indy that was that was pretty ugly but they had two of the best players on the floor this game and uh you know again two of the best coaches in the country going head to head um i think it we saw a lot from both sides i think uh there's obviously a lot to improve on but that's kind of the what this is about it's a measuring stick for how we move forward so with that being said does it alleviate any of the pressure for this team because obviously, you know, I'm speaking to my experience with you in 2015 where we were undefeated through most of the season, all of the season till the end. Um, it was a constant, you know, people were like, oh, it's, there's so much pressure building. I don't really think that we felt that, at least from my perspective. Yeah, Do you I mean, think? I feel like just being at Kentucky, people are going to say that. You have the fans, you know, you have the, you know, like you said, we're a team who went 38-0, so you have a lot to live up to. But I feel like when you're in a player and you're in the moment, you just want to play well and you want to win games. Yeah. So Coach Cal, I feel like he's gonna, like I say, he's done this so many times. Mm-hmm. He's been there, 
So he's going to get the players together, and I feel like they'll be ready. I actually like the team. I feel like they're a nice group of guys. They're deep, yeah. 10 to 12 deep. Um, and they have older players, younger guys who are very talented. So I feel like we're going to have a great year. And, you know, that's just the first game. Yeah, and that's another thing, too. So, you know, a lot of Cal's teams have very young talent on the roster, as, as highly touted as they are. You know, a lot of McDonald's <coughs> All-Americans, a lot of guys that were recruited, you know, at most of the major programs across the country. But um, this team, kind of like, our again, our 2015 team, has a little bit of older talent, a lot of transfers that came in. It's kind of a different look for Cal. He's he's able to to kind of have guys like Ty Ty lean on somebody like Severe, who's played in the SEC. Um, do you feel like not specifically? You know, you you were you and Book competed against Aaron and Andrew every day in practice for minutes. Like we were family when we went onto the floor, but those practices were wars. Yeah, those but, practices were like the games for us. You exactly. Know, I feel like now, it's it's not. The way it was then, because we were so good as a team, and you know when we played these Power Five schools, we were beating by 30, 40 points. Yeah. So we had to do that in the practice. I feel like more so with them, Savir is here to like you know he's going to help. Yeah, take away some of the ball responsibility from Ty Ty mm-hmm. and allow him to play off the ball and shoot the ball as well as he does. And you know him leading the SEC in assists, mm-hmm. you know, that it's always to put the ball in the guy's hands like that. And like I said, I feel like the team's going to be fun to watch. We have a lot of guards. We're deep. You know, I'm excited for the season. It's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah. just one more one more question about the pressure of being a guard here. Um, the media takes stories and runs with it. They spin things. You know, they overanalyze every tweet and every Instagram post and every interaction and every interview and every play. Tell us a little bit about how you kind of, you know, your way of tuning that out and focusing on your game. Well, personally, like, you know, honestly, they never flipped on me. For they the didn't. Most part. They didn't. You had a, we had <laughs> the, a loyal. You're right. For you're the right. most part, you know, everyone loved me. I, I got the good side of it. But, you know, you got to turn off Twitter. You know, Twitter is yep. the biggest thing, especially back then. You know, a lot of us turned off Twitter, didn't mm-hmm. look. You know, you like to go after games and type your name in and see what people are saying mm-hmm. until, like, the bad game comes. Yeah. You know, it, it's a lot different. So, you know, just stay off Twitter, stay off the Internet. You know, it's easy to tune out. Yeah. I remember one game, uh, just a quick story people might find interesting. I was I was Willie's roommate a lot of times on the road, and it was after the Florida dunk where he, like, just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. obliterated, like, the whole team. And um, we're in the uh, – we're back in the hotel room, and he's laying in, in his bed across the room. I'm laying in mine. He's watching an iP- a movie on his iPad. I was doing the same thing. ESPN's on in the background. They're showing that dunk over and over again. And I just remember him kind of looking up and seeing it, and he, like, rolled his head over to me. He's like – you think they got any cartoons on? And I'm thinking, like, <laughs> I'd be really relishing weird. in that moment. But he was already, you know, he was already far enough ahead that he's like, I can't pay attention to that because, you know, next week they're going to be trashing me and I can't pay attention to that either. So he did a good job of staying, you know, in the moment and enjoying the moment. Um, you know, Tyler's always done that, especially as well. Um, you have to as a point guard because you're supposed to control the pace of the game and the mindset and, um, you know, get get your team ready. He's, he's the quarterback. So... All right, let's uh, just real quick. Let's go into practice this week. Um, you know, everybody's. I've I've heard ten times already. Oh, I wouldn't want to be in practice tomorrow. Um, I mean, I I don't know because I only know the experience we had with him, and we didn't lose a whole lot, right. especially <laughs> from the jump. So, um, you know, what what do you think? How do you think he's going to handle this? Do you think he comes in there and and you know takes the like we got to be better approach, or do you think he feeds off the things that we did well? Because we rebounded the heck out of the ball. Yeah, I think he feeds off what we did well, and he knows that, you know, guys are going to step up and play better as the year goes on. Mm -hmm. 
you know, like I said, those two freshman guys for Duke, they played a tremendous game. Absolutely. You know, some freshmen step in right away mm-hmm. and play that way in a spot. Like some, it takes, you know, a few games. Yeah. You know, I feel like he understands that. I feel like he likes his team. I feel like they practice won't be anything crazy. They're definitely going to get after it and go yeah. hard. But, I mean, I, know, he, it'll be it'll be all good. Yeah, he, he does a good job, I think, of, you know, looking at what we did and building on it rather than harping on the bad stuff. Um, so I think, you know, he'll give us a lot of praise. We talked before the game and in, in pregame on the radio yesterday that um, points in the paint was going to be a big deal. Obviously, their bigs played great, but we rebounded the heck out of the ball. Oscar played particularly well, um, and we had a couple uh, bigger guys that can play in those um, those spots that can shift on defense a little bit. Um, they didn't play as many minutes that I think um, he'll have working with Oscar a lot and uh, trying to get them – in a position to be able to alleviate some of the time and minutes that he's getting um, when when we got to move him around. Um, so he does. Cal does a good job of kind of analyzing the game as we move forward, and you can see that as we start to play different offensively and use different um, you know schemes on the defensive end and different lineups and things like that. So um, you know this team's going to be fine. Now let's talk about you, your career. Um, you know you you've had you've had your professional career going. What are we five years in? Six years yeah, five, in? Five six years. That's in. crazy, man. That's nuts. <laughs> I don't well, feel that old. You're, if you're that old, I'm way old, bro. <laughs> but uh, but you've you know you've had your fair share of injuries and nagging you know nagging ailments. Um, and I know you're particularly passionate about a product that you've recently released. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what that's doing for you? Well, yeah, over the last you know about ever since I left Phoenix, three seasons, um, going on four now. You know I've been battling. I had double hip surgery, uh, in and out. You know trying to play. You know I played a few G League games. But, you know, for the most part, I've been battling that. And CBD is something that helped me through my process mm-hmm. that I'm using. Well, that's helped me currently, you know, mm-hmm. to get better and get back on the court. Um, you know, eventually I hope to get back out there and, you know, just get back to playing a game I love. Yeah. So it's a lotion, right? It's a roll-on lotion. So it's it's uh, my understanding is it helps um, alleviate some pain, soothe some soreness, uh, quicker muscle recovery, things like that. Um, so Tyler's got a private line. Um, out with Dwell CBD now. It's locally grown here in Kentucky and manufactured and produced um, and outsourced from here. So uh, we'll make sure we post the links of that um, in this in the uh, section under the uh, podcast and get it out on the social medias and stuff so people can go check that out. But more importantly than all of that is the work you're doing with your foundation and giving back to the community. Um, you know, your hometown in Lima, um, Chicago, where you grew up, and obviously, you know, a place you consider close to home now in uh, Lexington. So tell us a little bit about some of the things you're doing and how the community might be able to help. Right, yeah, you know, we've done, you know, things all over, like you said, Chicago, Lima. I did a few things in Phoenix, even Stockton. Wherever I'm at, usually wherever I'm playing, I try to, you know, do something and give back. Uh, And like you said, Lexington has, you know, always been a home to me since I've played here. So I want to come back and do a few things, you know, for maybe Thanksgiving or Christmas uh, donate some families and, you know, just go from there and start, you know, coming around a little more and making things happen. Absolutely. Well, let us know how we can help, man. It's been a pleasure having you back. Um, I look forward to enjoying the game with you on Friday. Um, but, uh, you know, all the things you're doing in your career has been spectacular to watch. I got to see you from a young age and grow and mature. Yes, and, sir. uh, it's been, it's been really cool for me to get to be a part of that, uh, pretty much undeservingly. So thank you for letting me be a part of it <laughs> and get to hang out with you. Um, so uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from Tyler's, uh, one of our sponsors that's one of Tyler's business partners in Dwell CBD here in Lexington, and we'll be right back. Let's stop and take a moment to tell you about our friends at Dwell. 
Their mission is to provide their customers with the highest quality CBD and CBD-infused products available while serving the community with a commitment and dedication to wellness for everyone. Dwell CBD is proud to present their newest signature series topical with UK legend Tyler Eulis. At Dwell CBD, they take skincare very seriously, and their partnership with Tyler is an exciting way to share the potential benefits of CBD and other natural ingredients that are shown to promote healthy skin and reduced inflammation. This lavender-scented topical cream contains 500 milligrams of THC-free CBD and was designed for athletes just like Tyler. Get yours now by visiting dwellcbd.com and clicking on the sports tab. That's D-W-E-L-L-C-B-D.com. Proceeds benefit the Tyler Euless Foundation. All right, welcome back to Seat 14. Thank you, Tyler, for taking the time to stop by here. Uh, yes, thank sir. you, CBD. Dwell CBD for uh, for their contributions to uh, both the podcast and for what Tyler's trying to do um, in the community and uh, helping better athletes and um, with his foundation and everything else. It's really cool the stuff Absolutely. they got going on. Um, so we're going to do what everybody else is doing today and overanalyze the Champions Classic, uh, specifically the Kentucky yeah. performance against Duke. It beats um, overanalyzing exhibition games. That's true. That. That's true. So um, we're going to try to to sculpt this show again, around the perspective of the people that are on it. Um, you know, we're going to talk about the Wildcats. So yeah. that's what we're going to dive into here. I want you to tell me what you see, what you saw, or lack thereof, yeah. that you think is the biggest concern coming out of yesterday. All right. So like I've said, good loss. But a loss sucks. We don't want to lose. So how do we stop losing? It's going to help. To not play a freakishly athletic, <laughs> long team like Duke. They were talented. With Paolo Benchero and um, Trevor Keels. That's one thing. But it did expose some of our weaknesses in the backcourt rotation with our star guard being Ty Ty Washington. Mm-hmm. He was just, uh, he may have had the yips a little bit out there. He, he might have had the yips. I, so, you know. It's tough to be thrown into a situation like that and expected, you know, this is this is bright lights yeah. from the jump. You know, they, these guys have been through McDonald's All-American games, but for the most part they've been playing, you know, high school players that can't compete with them at a talent level that they're capable of playing at. They don't have to stay yeah. in a stance for a full shot clock. They don't have to run the floor. They can take possessions off. They don't have to talk as much on defense. Mm-hmm. Teams like Duke, who are equally as talented, who are equally as well-coached, who are equally as prepared, who have put in those that many hours. And in some cases, you know, even at, at the guard play here, strength and, and physicality-wise outmatch them. Yeah. Because um, I don't know how closely you all paid attention to those guys, but uh, that dude, uh, Kills, is a monster. Absolute um, walking mismatch. Yeah. Such a problem. Yeah. So he was going to be a little bit of a matchup issue to begin with because we are going to have to throw so many – uh, bodies at him yeah. and and he played pick and rolls to perfection um we even just went back and watched some more of the game film from last night right before recording this and we're talking about how well he read those pick and rolls um those on ball screens he took advantage of the mismatch the miscommunication on kentucky's part yeah um in attacking the rim and getting to the basket and making the right play call making the right extra pass um there's a couple times where he was playing well enough that we'd come he'd come off a ball screen and we would double him um, at the high at the high head of the key, and he'd make the right pass to the, to the you know the guy rolling to the basket for an mm-hmm. easy layup. Um, so credit to Duke, they played they played incredibly well. Yeah. 
but well, we can fix this. We can fix this. It's not it's not big lapses. They 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 picked apart the defense. Yeah. But the defense wasn't um, you know, necessarily lost or unprepared. They just exposed the holes that we had in you know, playing an effective yeah. strategy and communication um, too. I communication think was the, is the main, biggest thing. So like whether we're going to hedge, whether we're mm-hmm. going to ice, whether we're going to switch, mm-hmm. I think it exposed just, you know, Ty Ty and them aren't used to having yeah. to communicate like that. They can rely on their athleticism and their superior skills. Mm-hmm. But when you're matched up against equal competition, it, you win those games in the margins. Yep. hundred percent. I mean? Good, good line there. So a lot of it, you know, it's, it's the, the, the young guys not playing at this elite level yet. Um, but a lot of it is communication, having not played with each other as much yet. Right. So, I mean, Kellen Grady scored 2000 points at Davidson. He's obviously a heck of an athlete. Um, he's effective scorer and, and, and pretty knowledgeable and effective on defense. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of miscommunication issues that are things that you learn by playing with your team because yeah. you don't have time to like, you know, point and yell and scream in the middle, all, of, the in the middle of it. You have to know what they're expected yeah. to do. One play in particular, um, I can't remember who the ball handler was. Was it? It, it may have been Keels, but I, I know it was Shibwe and Grady yeah, yeah. in the pick and roll. And and Kellen came up and uh, and was it? It was it him or was it Jacob? I can't remember. It was Kel- it was uh, it was Oscar and Kellen. Okay, so Kellen Kellen's uh, on on ball guarding on ball, and the the screener comes up to set the ball screen, and Kellen jumped into an ice position to force him to turn down the screen, mm-hmm. and Oscar was in a position to wall up off of the screen, leaving the baseline exposed. Easy dunk. That was when he rose up and jammed. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, that's just a miscommunication issue because had Kellen, Kellen was in position to ice. So Oscar should have read that and, and been in a position to, to be under that. We couldn't hear or see if Kellen said verbally, you know, ice, ice, Mm -hmm. ice, ice, but it was clear after he got beat as he was recovering, you could see it on his face Mm -hmm. He was like, oh, he man, expected we, Oscar to be there. Yeah, like yeah. we really just blew this one. Yeah, and it was just a miscommunication issue because even if he was yelling it, then it's Oscar's fault to be in to, to having not been in position. Right. If, uh, you know, Kellen got to the spot and, and obviously showed that it's an ice position, then Oscar should have made the adjustment. Um, regardless, that kind of a blown coverage results in a dunk. That's two points. And, you know, it changes the momentum of the game. They get a that was a big momentum shift at yeah. that particular point, too. I think it was. Um, few minutes into the second half is that mm-hmm. right um but it's it's just it's those little things that are are very very fixable yeah it's just very very early i mean right. we're we're literally one week into november and we're playing one of the best teams in the country yeah. there's a decent chance we're going to see these guys again probably um and i'm not worried i'm Me not either. worried because i think um one of the biggest things is that you know cal cal overanalyzes much more than we yeah. are, much more than the media does. I want to say, if we're noticing these yeah, things, you he, better he believe is they're all, noticing. He's paid it. a lot of money to figure out, you know, what those coaches are going to try to pick apart to beat us. And so Cal's going to go back and look at this and show them, you know, here's here's the little stuff that we're making mistakes on. He doesn't care if shots aren't falling. Of course, you know? yeah. He doesn't care if, you know, you dribble one off your foot every once in a while. Like, those kind of things happens. happen. You get the yips, you get the jitters, you get going a million miles a minute. He's going to teach you how to communicate, how to slow down your your processing, your brain, but play at 110%. Um, and he does a great job of realizing what types of lineups need to be out there together, what types of offenses are working, what we need to change on defense to maybe hide somebody that's getting exposed in certain one-on-one situations right. or that maybe can't protect themselves as much from getting in foul trouble if they're left alone 
you know, with somebody attacking the basket. So we can find defensive schemes to kind of take care of some of those issues, but Cal's going to break that down and piece it together. Um, one thing that, you know, stood out to me that, um, you know, we talked with Tyler a little bit about her when we mentioned uh, with Tyler was that uh, we had a couple guys that, that weren't playing as many minutes as we expected. Damian Collins and Bryce Hopkins, neither one played more than, I think, two or three yeah, minutes each. They both each. had two apiece. Yeah, and, you know, that's something that we thought was going to be able to alleviate a little bit um, with a, you know, create a, a bigger rotation yeah. and give us some more, um, you know, minutes from some of those guys off the bench. Yeah. Defensive flexibility, too, because they're both Absolutely. long and quick athletes mm-hmm. who can really switch one through four. Yeah, and so we weren't able to utilize those guys yeah. quite like we thought we were going to be able to. I don't know what Cal was seeing that um, maybe kept them off the floor last night. Um, you know, it, again, it's it's early. He's seen them in practice. He probably mm-hmm. knew what types of matchups made the most sense. Um, but having them, you know, kind of shortens the rotation a little bit uh, less than we actually expected. Yeah. But they'll get to play against lesser competition. No, oh, yeah. Well, they're, they're, they just have a, a little bit more growing to do, and we have to figure out where they fit into this defense. And off, well, offense as well, but particularly I think it was a defensive issue last night. I didn't yeah. think that they that he thought they were able to bruise in the paint the way that they need to to be effective against these guys. Yeah. And Oscar um, is able to Credit do to him, yeah. man. He kept us in that game. Let's just call it how it is. Him and Xavier Wheeler were the driving forces of our entire team. He is, I think Seth Greenberg mentioned it on the halftime show, he is a walking rebound. Literally. Absolutely. So, um, Jacob Toppin, though, I think played well. He was great on defense. He hustled on the he hustled to get on the glass. Um, you, you made a comment about his three-point shot. I want to... Yeah. Oh. I would like to see, because Cal was running lineups where it was Jacob and usually Oscar, mm-hmm. sometimes Lance, on the floor together. Mm-hmm. That works... If you can, because you're always going to put Jacob in the corner mm-hmm. because that's the easiest three point shot. If he has to take it, it's also the shortest distance to the basket. So he can easily cut in off that dunker spot mm-hmm. from the corner. But if he's got a three point shot, all of a sudden that adds so much more pressure onto the back line of the defense when Savir and Oscar are operating that pick and roll out on the wing. Mm-hmm. If they're creating downhill penetration, if Jacob's man cannot help down from the corner because mm-hmm. he's a threat to shoot that corner three, yep. you're getting a lot more action on offense. Absolutely. And he runs the floor hard every time. He plays through contact. He gets to the line. He makes his free throws. He talks on defense. He plays with high and active hands. He doesn't take a possession off, stays disciplined disciplined and in a stance. He's a mm-hmm. big X factor for this team, I think. Yeah. And another X factor that I want to piggyback to, kind of similar in some ways, kind of vastly different in another, Lance Ware. Yeah. Is he capable of backing up a guy like Oscar? And how different are their games to, you know, they, they play vastly different, you know, approaches. But, you know, they kind of need to mimic each other's game to fit into the offense the way that we're going to need him to, to fit yeah. in when they're substituting for each other. Um, so that's going to be an interesting dynamic to watch and see how we utilize him. Um, you know, I think, you know, Cal's, like I said, he's creative. He's going to find a spot to, to let guys take advantage of what they're good at. Yeah. Um, I was impressed with him last night though. I thought he showed, he showed some resiliency. Another Mm -hmm. person, uh, another person right after this, Keon Mm -hmm. also really impressed me last night. Um, but real quick about Lance, Lance can come in and he's shown that he's never going to stop hustling. Mm -hmm. He's going to mix it up every time. And I saw him make a few late in the rotation defensive reads that yeah previously he probably would have missed and it would have been a wide open layup that one time he absolutely smothered one of the duke uh, duke guard shots 
right off the backboard, he actually did that really cool like Giannis thing where you block mm-hmm. it and hold the possession the entire time and bring it down. <laughs> yeah. That's how you really sun somebody. Yeah, yeah that um anyways, so moving on, Keon Brooks. Mm-hmm. I have felt about Keon in the past that he can get stuck in neutral sometimes. Mm-hmm. He will not go out and take the game. He'll let it come to him. He'll let it, you know, he'll let the ball naturally get to him mm-hmm. versus him just running in and exerting his will and getting the ball off the glass. We saw the putback dunk he had. Yep. He had one really strong take over Bancaro, which was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't expect him to be able to ice up on Bancaro like that and just take him to the rim. Yeah, so, he's playing with pride. Yeah, he's great. playing with pride. Yeah, and that's what we need from him, man. We need him to We really need him to be a little himself. bit meaner. A little bit. Just a little bit meaner. He could just use go. a little more dog. <laughs> he's done well, though. He's made a lot of improvements. I'm impressed with him. Um, I think our bigs as a whole have done a great job of passing out of the double downs on the block. I noticed it even yep. in, uh, in, in what some of the guys, uh, teams were doing in the exhibitions. Um, a lot of times we'll do a punch action where we're posting the guy up on the block back to the basket. And one of, you know, our guys are trying to get to a right or left shoulder, um, get over the right or left shoulder and, and they'll double down. Um, obviously in the exhibitions cause they're mismatched. They yeah. did it obviously a little bit less with Duke, but, um, we've done a great job of passing out of those positions, which is something we struggled with in the past because we haven't had shooters that we could throw, you know, a skip pass to the other wing for and try to get a good look. Um, we got shooters now. We got shooters now, and that's what I'm saying. The bigs are capable of finding them. Um, mm-hmm. They got that ball out of there when they got trapped. And um, one of the ways Cal teaches about doing that is, that, you know, it gets punched into the block. They double over, take one dribble out away from the basket, further away, get every, the defense to shift a little bit, throw that skip pass. Gives you a little more room. And you, you got a room to get the shot off or to get one more pass down to the opposite corner um, and get a good look. And with the ability to shoot the ball like people like Kellen Grady, um, that's going to be – fantastic to I have say i would be okay with kellen taking four five more threes a game <laughs> i don't care if he his has, shot is even slightly contested let it fly man he has he has a pure stroke and the biggest thing is even if you know obviously he's going to hit some shots he's going to miss some shots but his ability to knock down open and contested threes stretches the floor so much mm-hmm. for us that it allows guys like severe severe excuse me to play that pick and roll and attack the paint because that help side can't come from the corner or from the opposite wing because Kellen Grady's standing out there and he can knock down a 30-foot yeah. shot. We'll have so. Kellen Grady or Davion Mins. Yep. Keon shown he's yep. really improved his outside shot. So it's looking good. I'm really liking the three-level pressure that we can put on defenses. Yeah, and speaking of three-level, I we're, we we had a down game from Ty Ty. Yeah. Um, we're just going to run down the roster. I mean, we're, we, we're circling full back here. We got – we got one of the best athletes in the country, one of the top prospects in the country, I think, um, who will end up being a lottery pick. Yeah. He has a um, natural feel out there. Even when he's not having a good game, you can tell he's comfortable. Exactly. He he didn't play well, but he didn't get emotional. He didn't get out of his head. He didn't Absolutely. try to do things that he's not capable of doing. Um, he made a few, he had a few lapses. Um, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. You're a freshman on that stage. It's going to happen. It's going to happen to anybody. But, um, you know, he's going to – he's going to – be more analytical of himself and make those improvements. Um, I think having been around him and, and learning what type of a player he is and the way he approaches the game and his you know daily prep and practice, right. um, he's going to make those mistakes. He's going to be more focused. Um, I'm I'm very happy to have him in blue and white. Absolutely, um, but he's able to score at all three levels. Um, just he's passionate, man. He's passionate about what he does. So he's going to come back out and be better than um, than what we saw against Duke. 
Um, but even so, again, simple mistakes. He's not out there doing things that he's not capable of doing. So mm-hmm. um, I'm really excited to see what kind of, uh, you know, improvements he's going to make and how he's going to end up leading this team. Um, you know, again, we talked about it on last week's episode, but he's got guys like Severe to lean on um, who've been through this and that can alleviate some of that uh, pressure him to have him handle the ball all the time. Yeah. Um, it's just going to be really cool to watch and see what Cal does with yeah. him. Savier clearly knows what he's doing out there. He does. Cal's always screaming. He's always screaming, run, run, <laughs> go. And if there's one thing Savier knows how to do, it's go. He goes. He gets that ball, and he gets it past the first level of the defense in the blink of an eye. Yep. And I love to see that. It just it keeps him honest. It makes him stay focused, laser focused, mm-hmm. every time to, that Savier has the ball in his hands. He's poised. He controls the pace of the game. He finishes through contact, which I love about him because yeah. he's, he's you know, an undersized. He's crafty. Yeah, he's small and crafty, confident. He gets Lefty. to the basket, but he reads defense as well, too. I mean, you know, he's like we said, he's he's – Finding these passing lanes, we're we're creating offense in ways that um, a lot of times we felt stagnant in years past. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really cool to have him, you know, be able to step up and and make the right play, um, especially when the offense has been stagnant. Yeah. We had times last year where we're, you know, and I'm not comparing last year's team to this year. I'm I'm just, well, I guess I am comparing last year's team to this year. But I'm saying <laughs> like from a from a offensive perspective, not individual player perspective. From an offensive perspective, we would get to a point where we're ten seconds into the shot clock. And we're completely stagnant. Yeah. Everybody stops moving, and somebody just pounds the air out of the ball for a couple seconds and then attacks. Yeah. Severe's done a pretty good job of keeping the offense moving. He's got dri- keeping the ball alive, dribbling with one hand, waving guys through with another, getting us into a new set. Um, he he hasn't let us just kind of get stale yeah. yet. Um, keeping the defense on their heels. Yeah, making yeah. Them he's, react. He's, he knows that if you know if we're stalling out, send somebody through, push somebody right. over, do do you know get into a different action. And uh, as long as the defense mo- is moving and having to communicate, there's a chance they're going to make a mistake. They're going to ha- they're going to miss a yeah. coverage. They're going to have a lapse in communication, much like what Duke did to us in order to ha- cause some of those defensive breakdowns. Yeah, and I'd um, say it's it's impressive that with Savir being our really our only primary initiator from the perimeter, we have more mm-hmm. Ty Ty Davion Kellen aren't really comfortable in that role yet. Mm-hmm. So. Savir's got to come in and be that guy who initiates the offense every time. That's easy for a defense to react to. And even then, we lost by seven points mm-hmm. against what's going to end up being one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. So it's I think it's a lot, a lot better than people maybe are feeling waking mm-hmm. up the next day after losing to Duke. It's not what happened in 2018. No. No. It's not, and that but, team even went almost went to the elite eight or yeah. almost went to the final four. I mean, this this both of these teams are fantastic. I think we're going to end up seeing them again. I hope we see them again, and I won't be scared when we do. I think we're going to make uh, leaps and bounds worth yeah. of improvements between now and then. But one guy, one person we haven't talked about yet um, that we got to mention. We're going down the roster real quick. You know, it's the second episode. It's the first time we've actually got to see the cats on the floor. So we're being a little overly analytical again, as always. But again, we have small sample size. Yeah. Where the hell is Dante Allen? <laughs> So we were screaming last year, mm-hmm. right? and, and everywhere you'd look, you'd mm-hmm. hear, "Where's Dante? Where's Dante? Cal hates Dante. What's going mm-hmm. on?" We've got, we've kind of have guys that that fill his role a little better mm-hmm. this year. We He's going to have to earn role. those minutes. He comes in and he he knocks it down. He mm-hmm. laces them up. Yep. You know, that's what he does. Well, Kellen Grady's shown that he can do that mm-hmm. over a five year NCAA career, mm-hmm. scoring two thousand points. Mm-hmm. So. It's going to be more, yeah, like you said, he's going to have to earn those minutes. And against a high major competition like Duke, man, there's just not really 
very much opportunity for him to get in yeah. if guys like Bryce Hopkins and Damian Collins are struggling to even stay on the floor themselves. Yep, 100%. And we've, you know, in years past talked about, oh, this team's so deep, this team's so deep. There's only been one time that Cal, since Cal's been at Kentucky that he goes more than seven, maybe eight in yeah. any game, and that's when we did the platoon system. Yeah. And, you know, now we're – Again, we're going to have 10, 11 guys. He doesn't play 10 or 11 guys. So you got to get into that top seven, maybe eight. Um, you know, we get an eighth guy in there usually when we got, um, you know, some foul trouble. Like the eighth man will get some minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's foul trouble, they'll play a little bit more. But you got to get into that, you know, you got to get into that rotation. Um, and, and you know, we've seen Cal change that rotation. But um, for the most part, you know, he does a pretty good job of feeling out who's effective in, in what lineups together. Um, yeah. you and know, against not, what competition? Yeah, exactly. We'll go a little bit deeper in in games where obviously we can um, afford to stretch the stretch it out a little bit. It better be Friday um, against Robert yeah, sure, Morris. Yeah, <laughs> so we should. We should. I would. I would be shocked if we didn't see some Dante Allen and and uh, a little bit more of, of Damian Collins and Bryce Hopkins on Friday this Friday. But um, you know, Cal's Cal's doing his best too. He's trying to figure out mm-hmm. what his job is to put the best product on the floor. And win basketball games. Um, so he's he's trying to figure out the best way to do that. I promise you, he wants to lose less than anybody listening to this or has been on this show wants to lose. He wants to lose less than that. I promise. Um, he is, you know, very dedicated to his craft, yeah. and he's going to do what he can to uh, be to prepare these guys week in and week out. Um, and that's what he's going to be doing uh, every day through practice this week to try to improve them and get them ready for Friday. Um, against again, Robert Morris is a Division One college basketball team. They're very capable of coming into Rupp Arena and beating anybody. They're they're Division One athletes. So um, Kyle's got to do his job and his fair share too, and uh, and you know put the best product on the floor to win some basketball games. So um, I think we're going to take one more quick break and come back and wrap up um, this second episode of Seat Fourteen. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks again to Tyler uh, for joining us, and we will be right back. We want to take a moment to tell you about our friends over at Liquid IV. Liquid IV's Hydration Multiplier is a great tasting daily electrolyte drink mix that utilizes the breakthrough science of cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the bloodstream faster and more efficiently than water alone. Just add the electrolyte powder to your water and let CTT do the rest. With three times the electrolytes of sports drinks as well as five essential vitamins, Liquid IV comes in convenient, travel-friendly, single-serving packets. It is non-GMO with no artificial ingredients and comes in eight delicious flavors including lemon-lime, pina colada, watermelon, passion fruit, guava, acai berry, apple pie, and my personal favorite, strawberry. So head on over to liquidiv.com. That's liquid-iv.com and plug in code SEAT14 at checkout to enjoy 25% off of your order. Liquid IV, fueling life's adventures. I'm actually enjoying one of those strawberry liquid IVs right now. And I'm enjoying water. (laughs) You know, I just said liquid IV is three times more hydrating than water. I'll hand you one on your way out the door. I need to wake up. I need to get with the program. We still got some. uh, You got to be woke. (laughs) It's 2021, Jordan. You got to be woke. Yeah. All right. Friday, 7 p.m. Kentucky host Robert Morris at Rep Arena. Actually, we got to hang on. I got to take a second. I got it. Robert Morris. Clear the air. Yeah. Let's let's go ahead and get this out of the way. (laughs) Do I hate Robert (laughs) Morris? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They uh, so 2013 we played. We lost to Robert Morris mm-hmm. in the first round of the NIT. Um, that was the year we had Nerlens Noel and Archie Goodwin. Um, Nerlens Noel blew his knee out at Florida um, the month prior, uh, right around mid February, and then 
Uh, we exited the SEC tournament in the first round to a 50-50 Vandy team. Um, so that doesn't bode too These well. These were dark times. They were dark times. It doesn't bode too well with the uh, selection committee on Sunday. So uh, um, we actually were the number one seed in the NIT tournament that year, um, obviously, because we just missed. We were on the bubble, and, and you know, they don't like us to begin with. So they gave us the boot. Um, and so we're the number one seed in the, in the NIT tournament, which means we're supposed to host the NIT at home. Mm-hmm. So we were supposed to play Robert Morris in Rep Arena. But the women's team was in the NCAA tournament and they were hosting because they were the higher seed. Mm. And because that was the NCAA tournament versus the NIT, we ended up going to Robert Morris as the one seed to play them as the eight in the first round of the NIT. And that place was like a high school gym. Like, I mean, I'm talking like there was no, like you go to a a division one basketball arena, like, you know, it's, you know, marked like there's yeah. it's marked off there's sections like there's tape and rope and like yeah. you know all security the, and cops it was and... a high school gym and they could reach over and touch us and they were all over us and Rowdy. it was yeah and it was you know one of those situations where you know they're they're it's their super bowl Literally. and uh yeah we just we did not play a good game um you know kind of took the air out of us not getting into the ncaa tournament um Weird thing about that year, though, was we had 11 losses that year. Yeah. The following year, we had 11 losses in 2013-2014 when we had Julius Randle and James Young and those guys, and the 11th loss was in the uh, championship game against UConn. So it's crazy what strength the schedule does for you. Make it make sense. <laughs> strength of schedule, man. I mean, just you lose the first round of the SEC, and then, you know, it's yeah. it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't doesn't bode well. What have you done for me lately is what the NCAA is saying, I think. Yeah. I think we're seeing that with the college football playoffs a little bit, too, right now. But anyway, all right. Robert Morris at home against Rupp Arena. Uh, I'm sorry. At Rupp Arena at home against Kentucky. They come Friday here. at 7. They come here. Revenge. Now you have to come here, Revenge. Robert Morris. Now you have to come here. So we'll see you all. Um, well, we'll talk to you again next Thursday, but we'll have uh, two more games to talk to you about um, when we come back to do episode three. So thank you all for sticking with us. Mm-hmm. Appreciate your patience as we try to learn how to do this podcast thing. It's a lot of fun, something we've looked forward to for a long time. Um, so we're having a blast and uh, happy to have people like Tyler join us and Jeff Goodman to join us and support us. Today's episode of Seat 14 was brought to you, as always, by Bet River Sportsbook in association with Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier, Dwell CBD and Budweiser King of Beers for the Field of 68. Thank you for listening. I'm Todd Lanter alongside Jordan Barber, and there is no place like home. Uh, Wizard of Oz. Dorothy. Ah, oh, there you go. All right. All right. We'll see you all uh, next Thursday. All right. Thanks, guys.